The ingredients for this episode are Don Giovanni, Enlightenment, and Liqueur 43. I'm Andy Anderson, the mischievous maestro, and we're mixing up the perfect combination. Don Giovanni is an opera in two acts with music by Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart and an Italian libretto by Lorenzo de Ponte. It is based on the legends of Don Juan, a fictional libertine and seducer, by the Spanish writer Tirso de Molina. It was premiered by the Prague Italian Opera at the National Theatre, which is now called the Estates Theatre, on the 29th of October, 1787. De Ponte's libretto was billed as a drama giocoso, a common designation of its time, that denounces a mixing of serious and comic action. Mozart, however, entered the work into his catalog as an opera buffa. Although sometimes classified as comic, it blends comedy, melodrama, and supernatural elements. Don Giovanni is generally regarded as one of Mozart's supreme achievements and one of the greatest operas of all time, and it has proved a fruitful subject for writers and philosophers. A staple of the standard operatic repertoire, it has been described by critic Fiona Maddox as one of Mozart's, quote, trio of masterpieces with libretti by de Ponte. The main character, Don Giovanni, is a heartless libertine who lies, cheats, kills men, seduces women, and stands by his actions with no remorse or repentance. And at the point in the story, when he is given the chance to repent for forgiveness, he refuses and more or less dares the spirit to try to do harm. So, Don Giovanni, here in the high court of the mischievous maestro, the charges brought up against you are as follows. Adultery, libel, sexual assault, first-degree murder, and assault and battery. How do you plead? We, the High Court of the Mischievous Maestro, find you guilty as charged. And now, friends, as is tradition, it's time for a cocktail before we move on. The cocktail for this episode is aptly called the Don Juan. 
It's a wonderful creamy cocktail, and for those of you old enough to imbibe and old enough to remember Orange Julius and all the shopping malls in the 70s, 80s, and early 90s, then this is going to take you back down memory lane. What you're going to need from your bar is some bourbon, liquor 43, which is an orange Spanish liqueur. You're going to need some orange juice, milk, and half and half. So this is what we do. Let's break it down. Put some ice into your shaker. To that, add one and three quarter ounce of bourbon. One ounce of liquor 43. One ounce of orange juice. A half ounce of milk. Use whole milk, please. And finally, a half ounce of half and half. Put your lid on your shaker and give it a good shaky shaky. And now strain that into a martini glass. Garnish it with an orange twist. And now, my friends, sit back, enjoy that cocktail and a trip down Amnesia Lane. As we're enjoying our Don Juan, I'm going to ask you a question. How are we to judge Don Giovanni, the protagonist of Mozart's famous opera? Is he an Enlightenment hero, a symbol of independent thinking and action, standing in opposition to church and convention? Or... Is he a dissolute roué, evading responsibility for his actions, or, even worse, just another murderer and rapist? Mozart's opera Don Giovanni, first produced in 1787, is a retelling of the story of Don Juan, the famous seducer of women. The opera begins as Don Giovanni is leaving the bedroom of his latest conquest, Donna Anna. She is clinging to him, singing, quote, Do not expect me ever to let you escape unless you kill me, end quote. Matters quickly turn sour, and in an exchange of insults, this follows. Traitor, foolish woman, scoundrel, etc. You know how it goes when you get into an argument after a nice night in the sack. The racket awakens Donna Anna's father, the Il Commendatore, who's roughly the head of civil authority in town, who, with sword drawn, charges Don Giovanni. The Don refuses a duel at first, but Dad presses on. They fight, and Dad is killed. After this serious beginning, the opera turns to the comic. Various practical jokes, disguises, frustrated seductions, and pranks follow. In particular, Don Giovanni is pursued by a distraught woman whom he has abandoned, Elvira, who manages to disrupt his seduction of all the other women. At length, Don Giovanni and his servant Leporello escape from their latest predicament by jumping over a wall into a cemetery late at night. 
they are startled to find the grave of the Il Commendatore crowned by his statue. The statue speaks. The superstitious Leporello is scared silly. The Don makes light of Leporello's fear, inviting the statue to dinner. The Don returns home for a nice dinner, and sure enough, after several earth-shattering knocks at the door, the statue shows up. Don Giovanni is given a final chance to repent. He refuses and is sent to hell. The first written version of the Don Juan story was a play titled The Trickster of Seville and the Stone Guest, published in Spain around 1630 by the Spanish playwright Tirso de Molina. In Molina's version, Don Juan is portrayed as an evil man who seduces women thanks to his ability to manipulate language and disguise his appearance. This is a demonic attribute since the devil is known for shape-shifting or taking other people's forms. In fact, in Tirso's play, it has a clear moralizing intention. Tirso felt that young people were throwing their lives away because they believed that as long as they made an act of contrition before they died, they would automatically receive God's forgiveness for all the wrongs they had done and enter into heaven. Tirso's play argues in contrast that there is a penalty for sin and there are even unforgivable sins. The devil himself who is identified with Don Juan as a shapeshifter and a, quote, man without a name, cannot escape eternal punishment for his unforgivable sins. Molina's theological perspective is quite apparent through the dreadful ending of his play. Side note, Don Giovanni fascinated the 18th century English writer Jane Austen. She wrote, quote, I have seen nobody on the stage who has been a more interesting character than that compound of cruelty and lust, end quote. So, my friends, I'm going to ask you another question. Is Don Giovanni a villain or a hero? Now, before you all think, okay, maestro, what the hell are you talking about? Let me explain. It has been said that Don Giovanni is a hero of the Enlightenment. Standing up against the church, against convention, against rigid social class, and against the idea that we should suffer here on earth in order to earn a reward in heaven. The thrilling final scene in which Don Giovanni shows tremendous courage by standing firm in his beliefs and refusing to submit is an emblem of heroism. Side note, the Age of Enlightenment, also known as the Age of Reason or simply the Enlightenment, was an intellectual and philosophical movement that dominated the world of ideas in Europe during the 17th and 18th centuries. The Enlightenment included a range of ideas centered on the pursuit of happiness, 
power of reason, and the evidence of the senses as the primary sources of knowledge and advanced ideals such as liberty, progress, toleration, fraternity, constitutional government, and separation of church and state. The Enlightenment emerged out of a European intellectual and scholarly movement known as Renaissance Humanism and was also preceded by the Scientific Revolution. So now that we all know what the Enlightenment was, to place the discussion even further into more historic context, the opera premiered in 1787. This was 11 years after the American Revolution and two years before the French Revolution. As depicted and exaggerated a lot in the film Amadeus, Mozart was a bit of a hellraiser who had a very active, quote, teenage self. Prior to Don Giovanni, Mozart had composed The Marriage of Figaro based on the Beaumarchais play that Napoleon famously called, quote, the revolution in action. The Marriage of Figaro poked fun at the nobility and celebrated the common people. Some people have commented that Figaro so angered Mozart's patrons at Vienna that he was forced to produce his next opera, Don Giovanni, in Prague, a town that long held a reputation of encouraging the rebellious spirit. Thus, Mozart was very much a man of his time, reflecting in his art the controversies of his day and standing on the side of the new enlightenment, ideals of reason, and against rank, convention, superstition, and church. The text of Don Giovanni is quite direct on some of these points and contains an explicitly political text, a musical passage containing the refrain, quote, Viva la libertà. When the opera was presented in Italy, the refrain was so upsetting to the authorities that it was changed to Viva la Societa. In Mozart's day, sexual promiscuity was widespread at all levels of society. Enlightenment thinking, with its rejection of rigid church strictures, celebration of the natural, and rejection of the mind-body dichotomy, was used by libertines throughout Europe, a sort of playboy philosophy of its day. Additionally, Around this time, the biological classification system was introduced and people started thinking, quote, let's see, animal, mammal, primate, hey, I am just like all of those other animals, end quote. Furthermore, the voyages of exploration turned up reports from Tahiti of sexual openness accompanied by societal harmony. Think of Mozart's time as the 1970s in America mixed with a dash of Margaret Mead. Side note, don't know who Margaret Mead was? Well, she was an American cultural anthropologist. 
her writings detailing the attitudes towards sex in South Pacific and Southeast Asian traditional cultures influenced the 1960s sexual revolution. So, is Don Giovanni a hero? He is not. His behavior is so flawed by narcissism, irresponsibility, and dishonesty that he simply fails to qualify. If the opera were principally about the political and social issues of the time, then there could be an argument. But it is principally about human relationships, and on this, the Don clearly is not a hero. He has many admirable traits, but he also does evil. He lies, he injures others, he evades responsibility, and he does so remorselessly. Just so there aren't any listeners out there thinking, geez, how can you even contemplate this dude possibly being a hero? Let me say this, make no mistake, Don Giovanni is a genuine villain. He's a serial womanizer, a rapist, and a killer. And that's just in the first 10 minutes of the opera after the overture. Yet, the opera also has a strong comic element driven by Giovanni's devious schemes and hijinks. As he heaps scorn on his victims, laughing at them all the while, we, the audience, tend to laugh right along with him. Still, De Ponte's libretto and Mozart's masterful music ensure that the dire consequences of those schemes are as evident as their humor. The result is a unique and often disturbing ambiguity that's at the core of Mozart's masterpiece. The Don's personality is so beguiling that it's easy to root for him, even as his dark side becomes more and more obvious. Yet, when he eventually receives a personal invitation to hell and his enemies rejoice, it's hard to blame them. So there you go, my friends. Giovanni is definitely not a hero. He is 100% villain. But don't take my word for it. Have you ever wondered what other great artists have thought about Mozart's bad boy? The great French composer Charles Gounod wrote that Mozart's Don Giovanni is, quote, a work without blemish of uninterrupted perfection. The finale, in which Don Giovanni refuses to repent, has been a captivating philosophical and artistic topic. For many writers, including George Bernard Shaw, who in his book Man and Superman parodied the opera with explicit mention of the Mozart score for the final scene between the Commendatore and Giovanni. Gustave Flaubert called Giovanni, along with Hamlet and the Oceans of the World, the three finest things God ever made. The great writer E.T.A. Hoffman also wrote a short story derived from the opera titled Don Juan, in which the narrator meets Donna Anna and describes Don Juan as an aesthetic hero rebelling against God and society. My friends, I know it's odd to end an episode with a side note, but here we go. Side note. Don Giovanni was the very first opera that I, as a very young opera conductor, conducted. My mentor in undergrad school handed the opera off to me, and there I was, 20 years old, in the pit for the first time conducting one of opera's greatest masterpieces. So there you go. That's my personal connection with Giovanni, and I've done it multiple times since, but I'll never forget. Of course, they always say, you never forget your first time. In our next episode, the High Court of the Mischievous Maestro will be hearing the case against Monteverdi's scheming empress, Popea. Until then, continue to be safe, my friends, and as always, stay thirsty for knowledge. 
The Mischievous Maestro podcast was researched and written by me, Andy Anderson. Recording engineer and co-producer is Ryan Hall. Art director and co-producer is Jefferson Reidenauer. Very personal assistant to the Mischievous Maestro and co-producer is Megan King. Production assistant, co-producer, and all-around great guy is Ivan Kano. Publicist for Andy Anderson is Jonathan Blaylock. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite platform to get all of the upcoming episodes with exciting drinks. To learn more about The Mischievous Maestro and for the drink recipes, don't forget to visit our website, themischievousmaestro.com, and follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The Mischievous Maestro is so much more than a podcast, it's a lifestyle. And I would like to remind you to please drink responsibly. If you're not old enough, don't do it. And if you are old enough, do it in moderation. And if you're having a bad day and refuse to drink in moderation, then please follow these simple rules for overindulgence. Don't drink and drive. Please don't drink too much and then email your boss asking for a raise. And please, for all that's holy in the world, don't drink too much and then drunk text your ex at 3 a.m. This podcast is the sole property of the mischievous maestro and may not be used in whole or in any part without the expressed written permission of Andy Anderson.